This podcast was recorded from our weekly live stream. To watch this video or see other episodes of The Spiritual Journalist, head to thespiritualjournalist.com or find me on YouTube. You can find a link in the show notes. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Spiritual Journalist. I'm so grateful you found us here and I'm really looking forward to today's conversation. It's a little different than our normal conversations because today is probably the closest I'll ever get to becoming a history teacher. Today we're talking all about the USA's Pluto return. What does it mean? And we're going to look at this through a unique lens. I'm going to take you through the history of the United States as told by Pluto, what transformation was happening while Pluto was in each sign. This will help you understand your generation better. This will help you understand, hopefully, the state of the country better. So let's dive right in. I've always been a deeply curious person, talking with anyone who would listen and soaking in as much information as possible. So it's no surprise my love for storytelling led me to a career in journalism. But after nearly a decade working in newsrooms across the West Coast, I realized I wanted to start asking questions you probably wouldn't see on your local news. So I left my job as a morning TV reporter and started The Spiritual Journalist. This isn't just a YouTube channel, podcast, website, or social media page. This is a live conversation where you get to ask questions too, because I'm not the expert. I'm not here to tell you what to believe. My goal is to connect you with people who have profound experiences and inspirational stories to share. And we'll definitely mix a little astrology in too. So if you're like me, you have this insatiable curiosity and you love deep conversations too, well, this is the place for you. Together each week, we'll explore everything from crystals and tarot to mental health and the environment. There are no wrong questions here. My ultimate goal is for you to come away from each episode with a new perspective and an expanded consciousness. This is a channel for the collective. This is a community for the curious. This is The Spiritual Journalist. All right, who is ready to talk about Pluto? This is the transit that has gotten a lot of chatter around it over the past couple months here in the United States, especially. So for starters, Pluto is a very slow moving planet. It takes almost 250 years to make its lap around the sun. So this is the United States first Pluto return. Pluto is returning to the exact position in the sky today that it was at when the Declaration of Independence was approved on July 4th. 1776. So we'll start by looking at the energy of Pluto, really understanding what power Pluto holds, what it means for us in our own birth charts, and collectively when we look at the transits. Really, this video will be relevant regardless of when you're finding it. Hopefully, you're joining me live here on 2-22-2022, aligning with this magical energy today. But because this is a history as told by Pluto, this can also help you understand your generation better. So if you have a copy of your birth chart, take a look at your own Pluto placement. Where is Pluto? And when we get to that era, 
that part of the historical timeline, this might help you understand yourself better, your generation better, really the generation you were born into. And this Pluto transit in Capricorn is going to play out until 2023. So this is the first time Pluto comes to that exact position in the sky, but it's actually going to go retrograde in a couple months. So it'll bounce back to this position several more times over the next two years, meaning this is just sort of the beginning of the U.S. Pluto return in terms of it being a turning point. Pluto has been making its way through Capricorn since 2008 and has really started to transform the nation in a lot of ways since then. We've seen a lot of structures crumbling since 2008, but I see today 2-22-2022 as a turning point, a tipping point. That doesn't mean there will be any drastic shifts necessarily today alone, but this could be an energetic shift, that point where we move from the past to the future, where we are reborn as a nation. That's why I call today's live stream Rebirth of a Nation, because that theme will keep coming up as we continue our conversation. So let's talk about Pluto. What's he all about? Pluto is the farthest planet from the sun, or at least in our knowledge of the universe. And as I mentioned, Pluto has been in Capricorn since 2008, will continue its transit through the sign of the father, if you will, the sign of the sea goat, depending on uh, what you align with more with Capricorn energy, until 2023. I want to talk about the energy of Pluto. What energy does this planet bring? And for those of you who are saying, but Pluto isn't a planet anymore, don't worry, that's part of the timeline. And also, we follow a lot of asteroids in our solar system. We track different mathematical points as well. So although Pluto has been demoted to a dwarf planet, its energy is still affecting us all the time. But again, because Pluto is so slow moving, this is more of a generational collective energy. So Pluto is known as the ruler of the underworld. It rules death, birth, and creation. You can almost think of it as the void, the darkness. It rules our shadows, our fears, but often creation is born out of darkness. Pluto is almost like that womb space where things are being created, but we can't quite see in. We don't exactly know what's going on. Pluto is also associated with fear, control, power, all themes that have been revisited over the past several years as Pluto has been coming into its return. And it's also the planet of transformation, of alchemy. It's the ruler of Scorpio, which is not only the sign of the scorpion, but also the sign of the phoenix. So it's really that destructive, transformative energy that breaks things down so they can be reborn. Pluto also rules our subconscious and our intuition. So it's all the things that you can't see, but you can definitely feel. It's that gut feeling and also our subconscious motivations. So when we're talking about generational Pluto transits, we're really talking about these deep motivations that were being transformed within society during different periods. And while Pluto has been in Capricorn, it's really started to transform a lot of structures and long-term goals of our government. Of course, we're specifically talking about the United States of America, but 
Pluto transits apply to the entire world. So while we are marking our Pluto return here in the U.S., uh, we are also looking at energies collectively around the world over the past 250 years. Capricorn is all about foundations, about wealth as well, power. There's a lot of power that comes along with Capricorn. It's a very masculine, fatherly energy. So it's no surprise we've heard the term the patriarchy take off over the past couple of years. A lot of people referring to the patriarchy, referring to these patriarchal structures that have been questioned. Some of them have started to fall away or crumble. So Pluto and Capricorn is truly transforming the structure of our country, but we've seen a lot of breakdown as Pluto has transited through Capricorn since 2008. We've seen a lot of fears surface with Pluto and Capricorn. Both Pluto and Capricorn tend to be associated with fear, but we've also seen a lot of truths revealed. Pluto will ultimately bring out the truth. That's one of the powers of Pluto. So you'll notice as we go through each Pluto transit, they're a little bit of a different length and they overlap because we have retrogrades, we have Pluto bouncing in and out of signs, but these are going to be general overviews of the eras throughout U.S. history. And Pluto can spend up to 31 years in a single sign. It, its transits generally last 12 to 31 years. So I want to start by showing you the United States birth chart compared to what's going on today. And at the end of this live stream, we're going to revisit this sinistry chart and talk about the connections the planets are making to each other because it really helps illustrate the best way to use the energy we're all feeling right now. So if you're watching this and you're like, okay, that's great. I know about Pluto's transits now. I understand U.S. history better. Don't worry. At the end, we're going to have a little overview of how we can use everything we've learned. But as I mentioned, Pluto has been in Capricorn since 2008. Let's just think about 2008 in the U.S. What was going on? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? This was really the beginning of a transformation of how we see power structures, the patriarchy, the father of the United States. This is the year Barack Obama was elected president, the first African-American president of the United States. A huge shift in the patriarchy. It's a very generalized way to put it, but simply having Obama in office has created a snowball effect in so many ways when it comes to race, when it comes to healthcare, even when it comes to equality within genders. Uh, you know, during that time, there was a huge movement for gay marriage to be legalized. So a lot of these different issues have been brought up since 2008 and been transformed in a lot of ways. And I see Pluto's transit through Capricorn recently as really a culmination of the past two 250 years with themes revisited from Pluto's transits through each of the signs. Really, to me, this looks like a turning point, an opportunity for a fresh foundation, a clean slate as Pluto begins another lap around the sun uh, for the next about 250 years. So there's a look at the chart, but I'm going to start with 
1776, of course, the year the United States officially became a nation. Pluto was in Capricorn. Pluto in Capricorn at the time of the founding of the nation in 1776 was very much the founding father culture. Capricorn being the masculine father sign of the zodiac really put the focus on these men primarily white men who were founding the nation. I, I wrote on my outline here, daddy culture, <laughs> because we had Ben Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, George Washington. If you've seen the musical Hamilton, you kind of get the idea of these men. Of course, in Hamilton, they don't look like they did historically. Uh, they have done, done a lot to make Hamilton a little bit more inclusive for people watching and learning the history today. But back in 1776, we had these Anglo-Saxon white men, primarily from Europe, who were founding the nation, who were declaring independence from England. And as I mentioned, Pluto rules our subconscious so when we're talking about the people in charge of the government. A lot of the policies that were put into place, the documents that were drafted, were infused with the subconscious beliefs of the people writing them. Okay, so we're talking a lot about these subconscious energies at play. And as these men, I mean, this was, you know, over a hundred years into the history of the United States of people coming here, settling, you know, pushing Native Americans out of their native lands. We'll get to all that. Don't worry. But, uh, you know, Pluto and Capricorn was very, very much this stronghold in 1776 of this is what we're in control of. This is the long-term future of the government. We're planning Capricorn being the sign of long-term planning, long-term goals. And subconsciously, I really think there was this fear within the founding fathers of losing power and control. They had seen through the history of the United States, the separation from Great Britain, they, they knew what it felt like to be controlled and not have freedom. And it's almost like them creating this society based off of freedom and independence. There was still an air of who is in control? What is the structure of the government going to look like? And who does it benefit? And of course, the people writing the, the, the foundation of the nation are the people who are going to benefit from it most. So the structures created in 1776 when Pluto was in Capricorn, the sign of structures, the sign of foundation, really show who was in power at that time. The founding fathers, these white men primarily who have been, you know, yesterday was President's Day. We celebrate all of these men all the time, and they did wonderful things for our nation. But there is a dark reality. When we're talking about Pluto, we're talking about a lot of the shadows going on. A dark reality is that a lot of these men who were drafting the Declaration of Independence, who were declaring independence, were slave owners, were people who were okay with you know, removing Native American people from their land, who had a very Eurocentric point of view. So from 1777, the very following year, until 1798, Pluto moved into Aquarius. 
This period, this doesn't, didn't form any major aspects to the natal Pluto over this time. This more, to me, looks like a progression, a progression of the ideals of independent thinking of innovation when Pluto was in Aquarius. The consciousness of the country is really starting to take hold. We're seeing new ideas be birthed when Pluto is in Aquarius. There's a lot of creation happening. In fact, during this period from 1778 to 17. 79, I believe, potentially even longer than that, there were a lot of relations happening with France, which is really interesting when you think of Pluto and Aquarius, Aquarius being more of a collective global energy. First, there was a creation of this alliance, a treaty with France. And then by the end of Pluto and Aquarius, there was a void of that treaty and a further declaration of independence, more so from France. So you're seeing in this period, the ideals of the nation start to be formed, new ideas, innovation, a lot of creation happening. And Pluto is actually exalted in Aquarius. So that's a place of awareness, a place of strength. When Pluto was in Aquarius in these years following the Declaration of Independence, we actually saw a lot of positive transformation, a lot of positive and powerful creation born out of that time. Let's move into Pluto in Pisces. That was from 1797 to 1823. Pisces is the sign most commonly associated with religion and spirituality. So from this time, there was a huge transformation in the ideals and the religions popping up all around the country. What's cool is that when Pluto was in Pisces, it was actually forming a supportive angle to the natal Pluto in Capricorn. So this was a time that was fairly positive. Again, it was a birth of American ideals during this time while Pluto was in Pisces. Spirituality, religion was taking off. In fact, there was uh, this time of the Second Great Awakening from 1795 to 1835. And this was when many churches were experiencing a ton of new membership, uh, a lot of different branches of Christianity and, um, and different kinds of religions were popping up all around the nation. Instead of forcing right and wrong on people, it was giving people more options on what they aligned with in terms of faith, what their values were. And also this was a time of a lot of emancipation of women. So Pluto and Pisces was this very positive energy. Something really interesting when you look at when Pluto was exactly right around 27 degrees during this period, because today Pluto is at 27 degrees and 33 minutes. That's exactly where Pluto was during the birth of the nation. So I pinpointed exactly when Pluto was falling around that 27 degree mark in each of these eras. That happened from 1819 to 1821, this brief window. And directly following that window, James Monroe was president and he released the Monroe Doctrine in 1823, right at the end of Pluto's time in Pisces. This was articulating the United States ideals to the rest of the world. It was prohibiting further colonization. So really forming this stronghold of these are our ideals as a nation, Pisces rules ideals, these are our ideals, and this is the power and control that we have. It was very much supporting the structures already in place. It's funny though because <laughs> 
you know, the Monroe Doctrine was like, no more colonization in the United States. But Pisces can be a little bit like of a delirious or confused energy. And it's just very interesting that the president would tell the rest of the world, no more colonization, no one else can come here and claim land when we as U.S. citizens or, you know, the people in power at the time were continuing to claim land to drive Native Americans out of their homes. And when we talk about each era, we have to talk about the shadows that come along with Pluto. During this rise of religion, it was creating a lot more freedom of uh, spirituality for most people in the nation or I actually shouldn't even say most people because religion was really perpetuating this Anglo-centric worldview, this European worldview. A lot of these religions insinuate that darkness is bad and light is good. Slavery was still very much a stronghold of the foundation of the government at this point. Native Americans, African Americans were being used and forced to labor to create the country. And many of these indigenous peoples were being forced to adopt Christianity or other uh, Christian-based religions. And their own religions were sort of being wiped away. They were being forced to assimilate or be forced out. Also really cool, during Pluto and Pisces, just another fun little tidbit, Pisces is a very poetic and artistic energy as well. And we saw a lot of literature born out of this time, a lot of music born out of this time. In fact, the Star Spangled Banner was written while Pluto was in Pisces, our national anthem, something that still supports the structure of the government today and was certainly supporting the ideals that were founded in 1776. So this was a very religious, artistic time, really transforming our ideals as a country while Pluto was in Pisces. Then Pluto moved into Aries in 1822. And this was a fairly long Pluto transit. So when Pluto moved into Aries, it started to square off to the natal Pluto, forming this tense 90 degree angle, which created a lot of aggression and a lot of tension, a lot of conflict during this period in the mid 1800s. Right around 1850, tensions over the institution of slavery were at an all-time high. In fact, in September of 1850, the Fugitive Slave Act was enacted, providing for the return of slaves brought to free states. So there was this real intense stronghold for control and power. And that was specifically happening when Pluto was exactly squaring natal Pluto. So essentially, this is like the energy leading up towards the Civil War. There's a lot of aggression. There's a lot of people trying to control different territories. Um, you know, slaves are starting to free themselves, be freed, but then are being forced to come back to where they were enslaved. There are laws and structures being enacted to force people back into slavery. The Industrial Revolution was also going on during this time, literally building industries on the backs of slaves while Pluto was in Aries. There was just a lot of aggression, masculinity, animal instinct when Pluto was in Aries. It was just this time of like, stake your claim, go out, get what you can, 
very aggressive. This was also a time where manifest destiny was becoming a big thing. If you remember reading about that in your history textbooks, manifest destiny. But really what was happening was a lot of the settlers, a lot of the people who came from Europe were starting to slaughter Native Americans to stake their claim on the land. So this is a really conflict-torn time. I almost see this whole period as a giant war zone moving us towards civil war. Now, something else I want to point out is that although we're talking about the Pluto return starting on 1776, because that's when the U.S. officially became a country, Pluto made its way through some of these signs already when the first settlers were arriving in North America. So Pluto was in Aries in 1607 when the first colony was erected in Jamestown. Think about that. Pluto and Aries, this tense 90 degree angle to where Pluto was at the birth of the nation. Pluto and Aries created a lot of hostile relations during that colonization of Jamestown. I know we've all seen Pocahontas and think that there was this beautiful love story involved, but unfortunately that was not the reality of the situation. There were a lot of really hostile relations with Native Americans. Some of the settlers were starving because they were so afraid to leave the colony in fear of being killed by the Native Americans. And then, of course, the Native Americans almost represented this like animal instinct of the nation, this natural energy. Like they were so tied to the soil and in line with the earth and we were coming in and forcing uh, our own power, our own transformation of the country. So a lot of conflict in different periods throughout US history when Pluto was in Aries, not only because Aries is the god of war, the sign of war, but also because uh, Pluto is forming this tense angle to the natal Pluto during these times. Let's talk about what happened when Pluto moved into Taurus. This is from 1851 to 1884. Pluto is in detriment in Taurus. So Pluto is at home in the sign of Scorpio because Taurus is opposite Scorpio. It's called in detriment or in its weakest position when it's in Taurus. And this period, the 1850s to the end of the 1800s, was when we had the gold rush, when we had the Oregon Trail, when we had a mass exploitation of the land itself. It's interesting because Taurus rules physical wealth and Mother Earth. Taurus is a very physical energy. So we have to look at what was going on with the physical form of the United States during this era. Again, Wild West, Oregon Trail was happening in the 1850s and 60s. This is wild. In 1859, the first commercial oil well was opened in Pennsylvania while Pluto was in Taurus, the beginning of transforming the landscape of the earth, a literal death to parts of the earth, okay? Also, this is when the Civil War broke out when Pluto was in Taurus from 61 to 65 really a lot of power struggles over the ownership of the land. Now, Taurus also rules our values. So when we're talking about the Civil War, there was a direct conflict of values related to different physical areas of the landscape. That is why the Civil War broke out. 
something really interesting about slavery when we look at Pluto and Taurus as well. In 1619, Pluto was also in Taurus, again, going back in history. On August 20th, 1619, when Pluto was in Taurus, the first Africans were brought to America as slaves, okay? That's the first time Pluto was in Taurus after Europeans began to settle here. When Pluto reached that degree again during this era in 1863 was when Abraham Lincoln gave the Emancipation Proclamation granting freedom to Americans in slavery. So we saw this real transformation when it came to who owns the land and when it came to um, the workers that were changing the landscape, which nine times out of 10 were forced to do so, were slaves. Also, really interesting, when Pluto was in Taurus in 1620, so again, before the Declaration of Independence, was when the Mayflower landed, the first settlement of Europeans in the United States. So this was a time when European settlers saw themselves as settling on virgin land. They were staking their claim of the land before the United States was even a concept. And then when Pluto returned to this position in the 1800s was when we saw this transformative point in the history of slavery in the United States. Of course, there is so much fallout to go through after that, but the last point I'll make about Pluto and Taurus is that on December 24th, 1865, the KKK was founded. So we're seeing a huge transformation in the values of the country. We're seeing conflict, we're seeing power struggles with Pluto in this weak position, and we really are starting to see Pluto's shadows coming to light. The darkness of power, the darkness of control, hate, obsession being bred out of the Civil War, this very transformative, tumultuous period as people were aggressively just trying to stake their claim on the land, not only on the physical land, but also infuse their values into the physical land. These are the areas where we want slavery to be accepted. These are the areas that don't want slavery to still be legal. And then during this period, of course, we had mass expansion across the US with the gold rush, people coming to the West Coast, staking their claim on land that way. It goes without saying that as settlers were pushing West, they were also driving out Native Americans. That theme is going to continue throughout history. We're still revisiting those themes today. So Pluto and Taurus was really a time where we saw a transformation of the physical land, a disruption to the actual earth. This is right after the Trail of Tears. So a lot, it's interesting because Pluto and Taurus is actually harmonizing with the natal Pluto and Capricorn. These are a, a symbiotic energies so it's almost as though this exploitation of the land was actually upholding the power structures that were declared when the Declaration of Independence was approved in 1776. Unfortunately, we know now those motivations, those transformations happening were not for the highest good of everybody because Pluto was in this weak position and brought up all these shadows and all of this hate. Okay, Pluto and Gemini is a fun transit to talk about. It's not making a, a strong connection to the natal Pluto. It's actually making more of an uncomfortable connection to the natal Pluto. 
but this brought the transformation of communication. Of course, when Pluto was in the sign of communication, Gemini. This is when the telephone was invented. This is when the radio was invented. This was the beginning of mass communication, nationally syndicated media, really a transformation of how we learn things, how we take in information. Of course, education starts to become more mainstream. There starts to be more um, standardized education as mass communication is erupting. Something really, really cool. As the world is becoming connected globally, right, with the telephone, with telegrams, things like that, twin theories come out, Einstein's theory of relativity and Planck's quantum physics emerge at the same time. Gemini is the sign of the twins, so it's so cool that these twin theories are emerging during this period as there's a lot of focus and transformation on how we think, how we learn things. This really transformed the way people think about time, space, energy, matter. The fact that you could pick up the phone and talk to somebody hundreds of miles away was mind-blowing, mind-blowing during this time. So it really, Pluto and Gemini transformed the way we think about physics, the way we think about time and space, the way we think about our relations with other people, the way we take in information. Also, advertising starts becoming more prominent during this time. Here's what's really cool. Here's how you know astrology is real, okay? When Pluto and Gemini made it to 27 degrees, forming an exact inconjunct angle to the natal Pluto at 27 degrees, this is what happened. On April 15th, 1912, this exact connection is being made and the Titanic sinks. The Titanic sinks when an exact connection between Pluto and Gemini is forming an aspect to Pluto and Capricorn, the natal Pluto, really making us question the concepts of power, of security, making us question, you know, our own stakehold as a world power because this period is when the U.S. starts becoming known as a world power because we have this mass communication. The Titanic was called the unsinkable ship, okay? And then what happened? It sank. So really showing us the shadows at this exact connection of what happens when you stop questioning things when you're so sure about things, okay? The shadow of Pluto and Gemini of thinking we know it all, thinking we have all the information. So, I mean, chef's kiss, it's so cool when you see exact connections like that directly correlating to major historical events. And I mean, the Titanic is one of the most iconic events in US history happening exactly when it was making a connection to natal Pluto. So cool. But now, we're going to get into the period that was probably the most transformative, the most tumultuous in U.S. history. Maybe that's overgeneralizing, but Pluto was in Cancer for over 30 years, or almost 30 years, I should say. And during this time, themes of insecurity, of safety, of control and comfort can be seen playing out. This is when Pluto is directly opposing the natal Pluto. It's really forcing us to face a lot of shadows and bringing a lot of shadows 
into the collective consciousness up to the surface. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to take you through some major events that were happening while Pluto was in cancer because they really illustrate the transformation that was happening that now today we are all coming to terms with and having to face again now that we're back around opposing this point in history. So this is really the beginning of an era of opposition as Pluto and Cancer is opposing natal Pluto. Themes of freedom, these, these structures the country was built on while Pluto was in Capricorn are being opposed. There's an intense need for control. And this can be illustrated really beautifully by Birth of a Nation. You may have heard of this film. It was the first feature film in US history, maybe in world history. It was over three hours long. I have not watched the whole thing because actually a lot of um, social justice advocates, even film buffs, don't recommend watching it anymore. Although it was the first uh, long feature, long motion picture, it had all of these incredible innovative camera angles and things. So a lot of film students have watched this film. It was horrifically racist, horrifically racist. Just to give you an overview of what the film is about so you don't have to watch it because no one needs to watch that. Basically, it portrayed African-Americans as evil, as dangerous, as threatening. It had scenes showing African-Americans attacking white people, white people in fear during this time. Mind you, it's not like they were using actual African-American actors. They were using white people and blackface. So again, this just horrible period, horrible movie in general. And at the end of the film, the KKK come charging in on horses with their white hoods, and they are the heroes that save the fearful white people from these dangerous, animalistic, black African-American slaves, or just African-American people in general, because slavery had been abolished at this point, technically. So you can see how that would be really exposing these deep shadows. And at the same time, there was this intense need for control. This period demonstrates the, the rise of white supremacy in so many ways because we were starting to see more immigrants coming into the US. We were starting to see different cultures emerge and people in power were still predominantly white men who were, let's face it, afraid of losing their power and control. Again, when we're talking about Pluto transits, I want to make sure to comment on the fact that these are subconscious beliefs, okay? We, we can villainize people in power at this time all we want, but in reality, a lot of these beliefs are all these people knew. And here's a good example. President Woodrow Wilson was in office at this time. He held a screening of Birth of a Nation at the White House, a special screening right when it opened. I believe it was the first screening of a movie at the White House. And here is the quote he said about it. It's like writing history with lightning. My only regret is that it is all so terribly true. Ugh, I just got chills 
thinking of that. This is a time when people looked to the president as an authority. Of course, we still do in a lot of ways, but it's not like people could hop on the internet and see different perspectives. What the president was saying was fact, was how the nation was shaped. Okay, so the president, Woodrow Wilson, affirming the importance and the truth behind this film that was so deeply rooted in hate and fear created a huge fallout in the rise of white supremacy. It created the rise of white supremacy, if you ask me. Really during this time too, Pluto and Cancer was distorting this love of country, this loyal ideal that we adopted when Pluto was in Capricorn, when the country was founded, as Pluto was opposing that point, it was distorting this idea into this nationalist, fascist environment. This is following World War I, its aftermath. There's just a lot of fear happening right now. And we really saw that play out when it comes to birth of a nation. This was also a period where eugenics were popularized. Now, this is wild. I'm going to talk about Pluto in Cancer for a little bit, so just, just stay with me here because there's a lot to talk about during this period. I mean, even when you look at the years 1912 to 1939, we're going to talk about the Great Depression. You know, this is the beginning of World War II. A lot of things are happening. But I want to talk about eugenics because this is a concept I was not introduced to until I took specifically a genetics class in college. This is something a lot of people don't learn about. Of course, we know during World War II, the Nazis were all about purifying race. And we tend to be like, oh, that's so awful that Hitler and the Nazis were trying to eradicate different races of people. That was happening in the US before World War II. The eugenics movement became especially popular in the 20s and 30s while Pluto was in cancer. And it really started as this concept of breeding for the best genetics. It started years earlier and really looking into genetics, looking into the traits that were being expressed in different people, trying to selectively breed to make people stronger, better, whatever you want to call it. And really at the beginning of eugenics, there were African-Americans who were a fan of eugenics because they believed that there were black traits that could be included in eugenics to strengthen not only, of course, the white race, but all races, okay? But of course, when Pluto moves into Cancer, that ideal gets distorted too. And we see the American Eugenic Society founded during this period, a lot of societies around the country popping up and members of families starting to compete in fitter family competitions at local fairs, better baby competitions at local fairs. I didn't look this up, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Gerber baby concept was started during this period. That's just a guess. Let me know if you have a computer near you, if you want to verify that for me, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was born out of eugenics. Now, not only was this about creating stronger babies, stronger races, stronger people in the US, but it was also about the expulsion of negative traits. And you can guess what traits were considered negative. Poor people, uneducated people, minority populations. There was a mass attempt to prevent these groups from breeding, from having new children. There, during this period, hundreds, if not thousands, of poor black women were sterilized against their will. 
This went beyond just this period, but that's a very dark part of U.S. history that not a lot of people know about. Minority women have been were sterilized into the 1970s in some states. So there was a mass sterilization, this intense effort to control who was able to give birth. Pluto and Cancer, the sign of the mother, the sign of the womb, were literally trying to control who is allowed to give birth. And we're literally facing the consequences of the hate born out of that era today in so many ways. I mean, think about when it comes to race specifically, what has happened since the beginning of this pandemic, since Pluto really started coming into this return. We saw an insane, a huge rise of social justice, racial justice, the community really crying out about the injustices that were born, much of them, out of this time. We saw the killing of George Floyd, of Breonna Taylor, so many other young African-American and minority people during this time. And thankfully now we have what they didn't have then. We have the ability to communicate with each other via technology. Then it was all propaganda. It was all birth of a nation. We were believing whatever was brought down to us from the top down. People during the pandemic also were so tired of being at home. We were all glued to our phones, watching all these injustices play out over the past couple of years. Again, something that has forced us to face the shadows born out of this time of, of ignorance. And honestly, ignorance because people didn't have the technology to educate themselves about what was really going on in the country. Also, while Pluto was in Cancer, we had the Roaring Twenties. Now, with Cancer ruling the Divine Feminine, this period really transformed what it meant to be a woman. We saw a transformation of women's fashion. And it seems trivial to talk about fashion when we're talking about these deep-rooted beliefs and transformations in the country, but the fact that women started wearing pants, women started chopping their hair off to express more um, masculine or to rebel, defy against these standards that were placed on them. There was also this really intense need for control and power when it came to alcohol, the prohibition, a lot of secrecy born out of this time. Just these systems of power and control were really um, kind of taking a stronghold and trying to grasp so tightly to these original ideals, the people who were originally in power in 1776, you see throughout history really trying to hold on to power as Pluto enters Cancer. Now here's the pinnacle moment of Pluto and Cancer. The crash of the stock market, 1929. Black Tuesday was on October 29th, 1929. This created a huge era of rebirth. After this, we went into the Great Depression, really forcing us to face issues of insecurity with Pluto and cancer, specifically food insecurity. Um, cancer is very commonly associated with food and nurturing. It's the mother. It's where we get our original nourishment from, the mother. So food insecurity was huge during this time. We are talking about the Dust Bowl happening during these years, specifically when Pluto was directly opposing natal Pluto in the years of 1934 to 
1940 was when we saw three separate waves of the Dust Bowl. The, the soil being bereft, the soil drying up, no longer being able to produce food, forcing people to relocate or starve in a lot of ways. Now, during this time, Pluto hit the 27 degree mark, forming an exact opposition four different times between the years 1935 and 1938. It's no coincidence that this directly correlates with the presidency of Franklin Delano Roosevelt, FDR. He signs the Social Security Act right when Pluto opposes that natal Pluto. He signs the Neutrality Act into law right when Pluto opposes natal Pluto. He's really going into protection mode. And FDR is often looked to as the president that was very protective of us. He had this very like safe energy. He wanted to make sure people were taken care of, this transformation of the patriarch becoming more nurturing. Of course, he did a lot of great things. Social security allowed people to get back up on their feet, took care of people who weren't able to fully take care of themselves. The Neutrality Act prevented the US exportation of war-related items to nations at war. So again, this is in protection mode. We're trying to prevent entering World War II. It's really focused on security of our own country and the internal transformations happening with Pluto and Cancer. This was also the time when the first industrialized processed canned and frozen foods came onto the market following food shortages, following food rations. So there's this rebirth of food security, of financial security, of what it means to be secure as a U.S. citizen. And the final point I'll touch on when Pluto was in cancer was the fact that Eleanor Roosevelt was the first lady. Can we talk about the birth of the matriarch in this country? Sure, we had lots of first ladies before Eleanor Roosevelt, but she was really one of the first women to be seen in the White House as an American leader. And what happened when Pluto entered Capricorn in 2008? We had Michelle Obama come into the White House, another woman who really embodied leadership in her own right. Eleanor Roosevelt was an activist. She was the longest serving First Lady of the United States. She really gave us that mothering security so many people craved during an intense time of insecurity. She also served as uh, a delegate to the UN General Assembly. So she's representing the country internationally in a lot of ways. President Harry Truman later called her the first lady of the world. So we're seeing when Pluto is in cancer, this is kind of a positive aspect of this opposition. We're seeing a woman start to show leadership, start to show stability. We're starting to trust when we come, when we're talking about Pluto, it's a lot about trust. We're starting to trust in a woman's ability to be a global leader with Eleanor Roosevelt and Really, her role and a lot of the movement that was happening at this time transformed the role of women in so many ways. Uh, women's suffrage was first recognized in many countries during this time. So when Pluto was in cancer, it really turned a lot of the original foundations the country was founded on upside down. It forced us to face as we're facing off in this opposition, it forced us to face a lot of the foundations, the structure of the country was built off of. It forced us to face slavery. It forced us to face a financial security, the bank system the country was built off of when we saw the crash of the stock market. It forced us to face 
racism and fear of different cultures coming into the fabric of the United States. A lot of people were fearful about that. You have to, I know it sounds horrible right now, but you have to think in terms of how people were raised during these times. So Pluto and Cancer is by far the most tumultuous, intense period when we look through the history through the lens of Pluto really a time of intense transformation, a time that, again, we are still facing the consequences of today. And a lot of themes from this time have been revisited with racial justice issues, even food insecurity. Think about that during COVID was the first time a lot of people realized how many Americans experience food insecurity. The first time since the Great Depression that we saw mass adoptions of programs in communities to give free food to people because they were stuck at home, because they weren't getting meals through schools. I mean, the parallels are unreal. And then we'll go more into the feminist movement because that's going to come up as well again. But we started to see women and birth in a different way as well, not only in a negative light with eugenics, but also in a positive light as Eleanor Roosevelt showed us what a woman could be. Let's move on to Pluto and Leo. Um, this is interesting because it's the baby boomer generation. And Leo is often associated with the inner child. It's a very royal um, energy and kind of an entitled energy a little bit. Now, when Pluto was in Leo, it's forming another awkward angle to the U.S.'s natal Pluto. So I, I found when looking through history, whenever there was an uncomfortable angle, an awkward angle to the natal Pluto, it was more about international expansion rather than expansion or transformation internally as a country. There were a lot of um, global things happening during this time, primarily World War II. Hello. So when Pluto was in Leo, it actually bounced in and out of Leo quite a bit between uh, Cancer and Leo and between Virgo and Leo. So again, you have to think about retrogrades. These are very generalized, broad strokes when it comes to Pluto's transits. Uh, baby boomers were being born from 46 to 64, right in the middle of this time. This was uh, post-war when people were starting to feel a little bit entitled about what it meant to be the United States of America. Leo can be a very competitive energy and a very powerful energy, and it kind of is regal, like trying to almost show everybody else who's boss. It's that lion, right? The, the leader of the pride. National pride is huge during this time, while Pluto is in Leo, a transformation of national pride. Hello, Pluto in Leo, the sign of pride. Also, on August 6, 1945, when Pluto was in Leo, we had the atomic bombing of Hiroshima, a power play. Again, this transformative event that has created so many ripple effects. And ultimately, what was that? It was a power play. Atomic bombings were power plays during World War II. It was really the U.S. flexing its big Leo muscles saying, we're the leader of the world, and there's no question about it. We're going to show you that through these atomic bombings, through our role in World War II once we did finally enter World War II. This is also a time when pop culture booms. 
Leo is a very expressive, performative, theatrical sign. So we have the rise of performance. Hollywood royalty becomes a huge thing during the 1950s. We have people like Marilyn Monroe, Elvis Presley coming onto the scene. We have advertising and commercialism, television booming during this time. So it was a very performative, prideful time in U.S. history. And not only was the U.S. flexing its muscles when it came to warfare, but also when it came to pop culture. Think about still all around the world, how many icons were born out of this time while Pluto was in Leo, very iconic energy, while Pluto was in Leo, that are still revered worldwide today. How many films came out during this time that have stood the test of time and made a huge cultural impact on the entire world? Now, when Pluto hit 27 degrees in Leo, forming an exact King Kunx, an exact inconjunct angle to the natal Pluto, it was in 1955, and it's when the U.S. began its involvement in the Vietnam conflict. Yet another power play. This energy is almost dictator-like when you look at the shadows of Pluto in Leo. This, again, need for control, very Plutonian energy, but also... Yeah, sure, why not? We'll get involved in another conflict because this is not G-rated, but like, we're just gonna put our dick on the table and like, yep, we're the biggest, we're the baddest, we have the most pride, we have the best military, we're gonna show you our power by getting involved in the Vietnam conflict. So another date that is pivotal, the US entering the Vietnam conflict with Pluto in Leo. And it's important to note also, Pluto is at fall in Leo. Pluto is in a weak position in Leo. So a lot of the things that were happening during this time were transforming the nation, but not necessarily for the highest good of the United States. For example, getting involved in the Vietnam conflict. We know now that a lot of hate was born out of the Vietnam conflict. A lot of people, a lot of brave soldiers were killed in the Vietnam conflict. Soldiers who were coming back from Vietnam were being ridiculed or not being thanked for their service because there was a lot of conflict. A lot of Americans did not think we should have been there at this time. So, you know, and, and the Vietnam conflict is a very long conflict that is playing out through several Pluto transits, but still it's really interesting that right when Pluto hits 27 degrees, literally the exact year was when we entered the Vietnam conflict. Very much a power play, very much asserting our national pride. That's what was happening with Pluto and Leo. Then Pluto moves into Virgo. Look at the years, 1956 to 1972. What was being transformed at this time? Sexuality. Sexuality is transformed with Pluto in Virgo. Specifically, when Pluto hits 27 degrees in Virgo, forming this harmonious flowing angle to the natal Pluto in Capricorn, is from 1969 to 1971. Can you say summer of love? Can you say this transformation of how sexuality is expressed? Coming into this trine, this 27 degrees in Virgo, as Pluto is making its way there, we're going through the summer of love, the summer of 1969. We have Woodstock. We also have the Stonewall riots at the end of 1969, really highlighting LGBTQ plus culture in America. This was the free love movement. This transformed 
our relationship with sexuality, especially with Pluto in Virgo. It's really crumbling Virgo-like structures, and Virgo is the sign of the Virgin. I'm a Virgo, okay? So just, just fair warning. Virgo is the sign of the Virgin. It's the sign of modesty. Uh, I, as a Virgo, like the best way I can illustrate this energy is that I love a turtleneck. I feel the most comfortable in a turtleneck. I'm also a Virgo rising, you guys. I like to be covered up. It makes me feel good. I know that's not true for everybody, but a lot of my life I've come across as prudish. So we're really seeing when Pluto is in Virgo, this transformation of purity culture. Also, um, Pluto and Virgo really highlights sexual organs. Pluto is ruling our, our womb space, our shadows, creation, but also Virgo being the sign of the Virgin really highlights sexuality, sexual organs, coming into your own as a sexual being. Also at this time, Uranus is transiting through Virgo right alongside Pluto, forming a conjunction to Pluto from 1962 to 1969, a long period where Uranus and Pluto are transiting hand in hand through Virgo. This is disrupting the, the purity culture. It's also creating liberation and individualism when it comes to sexuality. We're starting to see people express themselves as more than male or female. We're starting to see people express themselves differently than just being heterosexual, not even being homosexual. There were a lot of concepts that were introduced during this era of free love while Pluto was in Virgo. I want to talk about how this was revisited, how it has been revisited in recent years as Pluto is coming into its return. There's been a renewed awareness over the past couple years as we come into this Pluto return about LGBTQ issues. I talked about it at the beginning. What happened in 2008 when Obama was entering office? There was this renewed focus on gay rights, on gay marriage that we've come to terms with, that we are starting to, uh, there's still so much work to be done in, the, in these areas, but there's been a lot of focus. There's also been a lot more transformation as we revisit what happened when Pluto was in Virgo. I mean, if you watch the show Euphoria, the main, one of the main characters is a transgender girl. Uh, people like Jonathan Van Ness are part of the mainstream. Queer Eye came out during the pandemic and people fell in love with these five uh, gay men and their amazing, colorful personalities. Demi Lovato identified as non-binary. I believe um, Sam Smith did the same. So we're seeing the constructs of gender, of expression, of sexuality being transformed as we are coming back. And really this final transit through Capricorn as, as Pluto is coming into its return has had us revisit all of these issues that were brought up during Pluto's lap around the sun over the past 250 years. So it's, it's no surprise that it feels like the age of Aquarius is back. The free love movement is back. Love who you want to love. Be who you want to be. Identify however you want to identify. Sexual freedom, sex workers' rights, all these issues that were first transformed while Pluto is in Virgo, coming back around during the Pluto return. 
Pluto moves into Libra in the 70s, 1971 to 1984. This is squaring the natal Pluto. This is another intense period of conflict, of aggression in a lot of ways. Um, and Libra is the energy of equality and of justice. So there were a lot of movements during this time um, that were forcing equality, that were forcing justice. Of course, there were a lot of racial justice movements happening during this time, but I'm going to go back to fashion because for me, that's the easiest way to quickly see what was going on in the world. What was going on during the 70s when Pluto was in Libra, challenging the natal Pluto, challenging these patriarchal structures, we had the disco movement. Women start wearing pants, okay? Women are wearing pants in the 70s. We're here for it. It's actually like popular and fashionable to wear pants for women in the 70s. African-American culture is coming to the forefront. Of course, there's so much deep, rich African-American history throughout the history of the U.S. But, you know, when I think of disco, I think of a fabulous Afro, bell bottoms, creative expression, a lot of feminine energy as well with Pluto in Libra, a lot of balanced, harmonious energy. However, that energy conflicts with the energy the country was built off of. This is also when we saw a really big rise in the feminist movement in the 70s and 80s. Women start going to college. In fact, women and people of color start getting educated at much higher rates when Pluto is in Libra, the sign of the scales, a very judicious sign. For the first time in the late 1970s, the total undergraduate degree figures showed that women were outnumbering their male counterparts in colleges. Women start getting educated. There is a transformation of gender roles that comes about when Pluto is in Libra as well. We start to see more women working and it becoming common for women to hold a job, to be leaders in their household. We also see the legalization of abortion, creating justice and equality for women, especially independent women. Um, Reagan took office during this period and there was a lot of tension between Republicans and Democrats. Um, some of you were probably born when Pluto was in Libra. So as we get to the more recent years, this is a time to look at where your Pluto is. When were you born? And what generation were you born into? What subconscious beliefs are you subscribing to because of the generation you were born into? What subconscious beliefs are you subscribing to without even knowing it because of the generation you were born into? Just let that sink in a little bit. So Reagan takes office in 1981. Pluto forms an exact square to natal Pluto in 82 and 83. This is when we see a really intense period of conflict. In 82, is we had an election, and it's when the Republican Party lost 27 seats to the majority Democratic Party in the House. So again, you're seeing this tension, this conflict between two different points of view. Libra, the sign of the scales, the sign of justice. We're seeing these two separate viewpoints really start to take a strong hold as we're in this period of conflict. Social equality is starting to become more mainstream. Um, just the ideas of equality start to become more mainstream. Something interesting that starts to happen as well in the 70s and 80s 
is the popularity of black artists like Eddie Murphy, like Michael Jackson, a lot of disco artists. Hip hop is born out of this time and black culture becomes mainstream. Now I bring that up because as I mentioned, during Pluto's return over the past couple of years, we've revisited a lot of these transformations. We've come to terms with a lot of these themes that were born out of Pluto's transits through the signs. We've seen a revival of the feminist movement in recent years uh, while Pluto's coming into its return. But we've also seen the work we still have to do, the shadows that have been revealed about gender equality, about the pay gap, about women having to do it all when their kids were sent home from school during the pandemic for a year in some cases, having to work their job and become the teachers and cook the dinner and clean the house. We really saw the pressure that is still put on women every day, the responsibilities we're expected to uphold. And that was really highlighted by the pandemic and has been highlighted by this Pluto return. Now, I also talked about racial equality and this popularization of black culture in the 70s and 80s. Now we're starting to come to terms with the shadows born out of that when we talk about cultural appropriation, when we talk about people who are not from those cultures appropriating those cultures because now it's cool. Now rap is cool. Now a lot like a lot of the hairstyles and things that used to be um something that a lot of African-Americans weren't proud of and were trying to step away from, now those things are cool. Now they're popularized. So now we're really coming to terms with this popularization of Black culture that came out of Pluto's transit through Libra. Another point on equality and justice that we've come to terms with now with Pluto and Capricorn, the pandemic showed us how minority communities don't have as much access to COVID testing, to um, be able to take time off if they're feeling symptoms, if they're feeling sick, to be able to work from home. A lot of these issues when it comes to race and socioeconomic status, both involving gender and race, have been brought to the forefront again during this Pluto return. And a lot of those things stemmed from Pluto in Libra and social justice movements, equality movements, um, just really, this was a time of a lot of tension between masculine and feminine energies, between the two parties, political parties in America, between white people and people of color. We saw a lot of tension during this time. Okay, now it gets fun because if you're a millennial, you will want to listen up to this part. So Pluto was in Scorpio from 1983 to 1995, and that means most millennials have our Pluto in Scorpio. Pluto is in domicile in Scorpio. It's right at home in Scorpio. So I actually saw somebody else talking about the Pluto placements of millennials and like, it's no wonder we all love Harry Potter and spirituality and witchy things. And we grew up reading Goosebumps and we like all this dark, witchy, spooky stuff. Uh, we had the emo movement. You know, if you're a millennial, you went through the emo movement just like I did. So that's very much a generational quality of Pluto in Scorpio. Now, Pluto formed an exact sextile to the natal Pluto from 1993 to 1995. What was going on during this period? I see Pluto and Scorpio as a transformation of connection. Scorpio rules energetic connection, how 
energies merge with each other, bonds that are formed. So why do I say this was a transformation of connection? Because the internet was born out of Pluto and Scorpio. Our ability to research things, our ability to connect to people across the globe through pure energy, through something that can be felt, not seen, came out of Pluto and Scorpio. This allowed us to deepen our understanding of collective shadows. Those of us born out of the internet age, millennials, are really the first generation that grew up with access to the internet, with access to be able to connect with people anywhere in the world. Also what happened when Pluto was at 27 degrees in Scorpio, forming this exact sextile to natal Pluto, was the birth of online shopping because Amazon was founded in 1994. November 4th, 1994 was also when the first conference devoted entirely to the commercial potential of the World Wide Web was held in San Francisco. So the idea of technology, the idea of connection across the globe, Pluto and Scorpio is really told by the tale of the internet. Also in 1994, the first student radio station provided an internet radio broadcast. So we're starting to see things come online. If you're watching Pam and Tommy right now, uh, you, you understand too that the internet was just getting started during this time. But at the same time with Pluto and Scorpio, there was a lot of darkness that came out of this time and a lot of shadows that were surfaced, that were brought into the collective awareness um, because Pluto, again, is the planet of death and rebirth. So we had this birth of the internet, but there was a lot of death happening in our culture at the same time. O.J. Simpson trial was going on. The, the I don't want to say the O.J. Simpson murder because it's alleged, but you can form your own judgment on that one. Kurt Cobain died. President Reagan announced he had Alzheimer's disease during Pluto and Scorpio. We also, during this time, saw a sharp increase in gun violence, specifically gun violence in schools. Death became something that was part of the fabric of our society with Pluto and Scorpio. Fear became part of the fabric of our society with Pluto and Scorpio. We were all very aware of the shadows, very aware of the fears. So now, those of us who have Pluto and Scorpio, the millennial generation, we're really the first generation that's starting to tackle shadow work. The first generation talking about trauma like it's no big deal, like it's become part of our regular vernacular. We're the first generation procreating later. Scorpio rules the reproductive organs. So, um, you know, we have been affected by a lot of the darkness that we witnessed as children. Also, I want to go back a little bit. When Pluto was in Libra, it was actually the first time that um, divorce was legalized, becoming mainstream. So a lot of us born out of Pluto and Scorpio are born out of a time of divorce or our parents' generation born with Pluto and Libra potentially um, we're starting to, divorce was becoming mainstream during this time. So a lot of us were experiencing collective traumas when it came to marriage and divorce. And um, Scorpio is that energetic connection between people, between communities. So 
you get the idea. There was a lot of darkness and now we're the first generation really unpacking all of that. And because we have Pluto and Scorpio, we're all connected by our shadows in this millennial generation. Millennials are just very Scorpio, you know? I, I love Scorpio energy, I'm here for it. Something else that really came out of Pluto and Scorpio because the birth of the internet really amplified capitalism, commercialism, um, we're the first generation having a harder time making ends meet despite doing everything right. Our parents went to college or didn't go to college. They just got a job after high school and they could buy a house and they could support their family. There was this very um, simple notion of if you just put in some work, you'll have all the things you want. Now we're seeing a lot of shadows of capitalism of commercialism coming to light and we're seeing a lot of structures of power and control being exposed through the the tale of socioeconomic status playing out um you know during COVID, especially it was a time where a lot of people realized how can i make ends meet a lot of people specifically in the millennial generation were very aware of rent prices, very aware of how hard it was to make ends meet despite having a great job. So our generation, millennials, we're here to do the shadow work. We have a lot of power with our natal Pluto in Scorpio. It's a very powerful position. I think millennials are very aware of our power, um, but we're also very aware of how connected we are to the rest of the world through the internet, through technology, because we were born with Pluto in the energetic sign of Scorpio. So Pluto moved into Sagittarius from 95 to 08. This really looks like a period of building up towards the US Pluto return. Sagittarius is associated with excess. And if you look at what was going on from 95 to 08, it was like a very excessive period, very over the top, really a transformation of um, wealth and of expression in a lot of ways, of higher understanding as well, with the internet really taking a stronghold during this time. But most of all, I think Pluto and Sagittarius brought a transformation of global relations. We saw a rise of terrorism, uh, you know, September 11th happening during this time. When Pluto was exactly at 27 degrees, this is a very minor aspect, so nothing major happened, but 06, 07 was really kind of this turning point before Pluto started its cycle into Capricorn over the past, I don't know how many years, 15 years, something like that. Also, what's funny is that during this time, Pluto was demoted to a dwarf planet in 2006, and I'm just like, of course this happened right when Pluto is making a connection to the natal Pluto. Like we're like, nope, we want it, We don't want to deal with you anymore, Pluto. I just, I think that's funny. And also exactly when Pluto hit 27 degrees in Sagittarius was when Barack Obama declared his candidacy for president. Really kind of setting the stage for the transformation that would take place with Pluto in Capricorn. So another little um, synchronicity there, that that happened exactly when Pluto was at 27 degrees. But really, this was just a time of expansion, of awareness, of excess in a lot of ways with Pluto and Sagittarius and very much a transformation of um, religion as well, because with the rise of terrorism became a, a heightened awareness of religion, the shadows that come with religion, with Pluto being the shadow planet. So 
certainly something that we are still dealing with today, dealing with the fallout of today. Now let's talk about what's been going on the past 10, 15 years with Pluto in Capricorn. Pluto, we're going to revisit this. Pluto in Capricorn, sign of the father, sign of the patriarchy, a transformation of the structure of the government, a transformation of the foundation of the government, a transformation of who's in power, of male dominance. That's the energy that's been building up to this Pluto return while Pluto has been making its way through Capricorn. Now, today is the first time Pluto reaches the exact point in the chart that it was at when the Declaration of Independence was approved. But Pluto is going to go retrograde later this year and actually has another retrograde after that. So Pluto will hit this point four different times over the next year and a half, starting today. That's why I say this Pluto return is like a tipping point. It's just the beginning. I see everything that led up to this point as the destruction period of Pluto's transit. And today marks a turning point, a rebirth, a rebirth of the nation. So as Pluto has been coming around through Capricorn, we've been revisiting all the themes throughout Pluto's transits over the course of the past 248 years. The patriarchy has been brought into our awareness, this daddy culture with Pluto and Capricorn. Like, think about what's been going on the past two weeks. Billionaires having a space race. The whole Epstein trial showing the shadows of this male-dominated, corrupt government the people who are in control of the government really showing us our shadows as a nation um we're seeing a transformation in who holds power with pluto and capricorn so more women more people of color more people who identify as non-binary or lgbtq are now taking office we're already seeing the systems of power transform with pluto and capricorn but there's been a real transformation and awareness around who has wealth, and who has power in this nation since 2008. We're more skeptical. We're seeing the shadows when it comes to mass media, when it comes to giant corporations, when it comes to who owns things in our government, when it comes to big pharma. A lot of people are fearful around these things, and a lot of people are acknowledging the shadows and the darkness around these institutions in our country. So... Um, Pluto and Capricorn has really started to force a transformation in all of the structures that are upholding our government as the United States of America. And I want to give you the dates of when Pluto will come back to this exact point in the sky. So uh, you can just keep that in mind. There might be some pivotal things that happen around these times. Pluto will be at 27 degrees through March 9th. So over the course of the next week or two, we're still feeling this transformative energy very potently as Pluto is within a degree of natal Pluto. But then again, from June 22nd to August 3rd, Pluto will be at 27 degrees. From December 10th to January 11th, Pluto will be at 27 degrees. And the last time Pluto meets up with the natal Pluto, at least for the next 200 years, will be from September 20th to October 31st next year, 
2023. So really between today and now and the end of October in 2023, you can expect this environment of rebirth, this environment of transformation to continue. You can expect new ideas, new structures to be born while Pluto is in Capricorn. And I want to talk about the future as well, because we have Pluto moving into Aquarius next year. So what can we expect over the next 15 years or so? Well, Pluto is exalted in Aquarius. It's in a place of awareness. It's a fairly positive position for Pluto to be in. And specifically from 2040 to 2042, Pluto will be at 27 degrees Aquarius. So who the hell knows what's going to be going on during that time? But I see Pluto in Aquarius over this next generation from 2023 to 2044 as a transformation of technology and a transformation of collective consciousness. The metaverse is being born. A new structure is being born. And we're going to see an innovation of those structures with Pluto and Aquarius. We're going to see the birth of new kinds of technology with Pluto and Aquarius. We're going to see a rebirth of consciousness, of higher understanding, of individuality, of freedom with Pluto and Aquarius. Think about the period we talked about gosh, an hour ago now, when Pluto was in Aquarius, just after the Declaration of Independence was signed, this was a time of thinking differently, of doing things differently, of figuring out how to assert our individuality and independence across the world. That's something that's going to come back up for us when Pluto enters Aquarius again. New ideas will be formed, will be birthed into the world. We're building up from the foundations created during this time while Pluto is tearing down old structures and laying the foundations for new ones to be erected. This is going to be very future thinking, very forward thinking. And with Pluto and Aquarius, Pluto ruling our power, this is like power to the people. The people have the power when Pluto is in Aquarius. We talked all about NFTs last week. A lot of people are excited about the metaverse and NFTs because of the idea of being able to own something in the metaverse, being able to create wealth in the metaverse, not necessarily tied to the U.S. government, but in this global exchange of energy, uh, whether it's through cryptocurrency or NFTs. So we're going to see the expansion of those ideas and new ideas we can't even understand yet will be birthed with Pluto and Aquarius. So that was a lot, you guys. We went through a whole history of the U.S. just now, and I, I hope that helped. Now, though, if you're thinking, okay, great, Olivia, now we know the U.S. history. Like, what do we do with this? Let me show you. Let me show you what is happening for us today, what energy we can lean into today on this 2-22-2022, this portal so many people are excited about, this three-day that's inviting us to connect, to have a conversation, to lean into abundance. Already, we have a magical energy today, but when we look at the connections that Today's chart, the outer wheel, is making to the U.S.'s natal chart. There are some really beautiful aspects that pop out and really show us how we can use what we've learned in this episode. So first and foremost, Mercury is forming a trine to Uranus. This is going to be today's Mercury forming a trine to the U.S.'s Uranus. Today's Mercury 
in Aquarius. Very forward-thinking, very innovative energy we are in today is harmonizing with the natal Uranus in the U.S. chart. And this is allowing us to understand the changes, the breakthroughs that we're having now because of the breakthroughs that happened in 1776. This brings the potential for higher understanding as we review the innovations and the transformation, the breakthroughs of the past, we can envision the future using that information as today's Mercury is harmonizing with Uranus in 1776. Something else pretty incredible that's happening today. So it's 2-22-2022. Lots of twos today. Neptune is at 22 degrees today in Pisces. It's home sign. In 1776, Neptune was at 22 degrees in Virgo. So today's Neptune is directly, exactly opposing the U.S. natal Neptune. Neptune in Virgo created a lot of ideals and fantasies about purity culture, about religious culture, what it meant to be pure in 1776. Um, really, Neptune, it, there were these dreams of serving the people with Neptune and Virgo in 1776. But as we oppose natal Neptune today, we're seeing how maybe those ideals or intentions to serve the people actually alienated some people. We're able to gain a higher understanding with Neptune and Pisces. And it's no surprise that during Neptune's transit through Pisces, we've seen a new wave of spirituality, a new wave of religion, a new wave of higher consciousness, of intuition, of manifestation, all things that are very much told by the story of Neptune and Pisces. So we're seeing really this direct religious opposition between today's culture and the culture in 1776. This can help us transcend the ideals that were created in 1776 when Neptune was in Virgo. And this opposition does not occur often. This only occurs every 165 years, so it's not quite as rare as a Pluto return. However, it is something that is very synchronistic happening on the day of the Pluto return at 22 degrees on 2-22-2022, causing some major shifts when it comes to our ideals, our ability to imagine, imagine the spiritual energy of the world and of the U.S. Really, this new wave of spirituality is what I'm seeing with this opposition between natal Neptune and current Neptune. Now, Venus today in Capricorn is forming a conjunction with Mars, beautiful energy. It is forming a square to the natal Chiron in the U.S. Chiron is the wounded healer. So in 1776, Chiron was in Aries. Chiron is actually currently in Aries, which is really interesting. So we're kind of having a Chiron return at a similar point. But Chiron in Aries really shows us our wounding around war and around conflict. That was definitely part of the fabric of U.S. history. A lot of people came to the U.S. and wanted to declare their own independence, wanted to form their own nation because of the war that they grew up in because of the conflict within the church that they grew up in, maybe in Europe or, um, you know, their their parents told them about in 1776. You really have to think 
ancestrally when we look back that far in history. But there was a lot of wounding in 1776 around conflict, around war, around the the intense need for freedom with Chiron and Aries. Today, Venus representing our values is squaring off to Chiron and really forcing us to change our values, change our long-term desires, build new structure and stability around the current desires, even though they clash with the wounds that this country was created to, to uh, appease, to, to heal. This country was created to heal this these wounds of war and conflict, but uh, today now we understand that a lot of those ideals only created more conflict. So it's time to force ourselves to re-envision our values, to revisit our values, and to create new long-term goals, new long-term desires. Also today, another really beautiful thing that's happening is our sun is forming a trine to natal Jupiter and our Jupiter is forming a trine to the natal sun. So there's this symbiotic connection between the sun and Jupiter in both charts. The Jupiter and the sun were in Cancer in 1776. Really this energy of birthing something new, of fertile fertility, of um, just abundance when it came to creation with the sun and cancer, when it came to, um, we were very aware of the abundance of mother earth at this time. We were very aware of creating this new safety and security for ourselves here in the United States. Now though, Jupiter and the sun are both in Pisces. So that's where we get that trine. All of these planets harmonizing and water signs, helping us lean into our hope and our faith in our ability to heal all of these wounds that we have had to face collectively over the past 250 years. So this is a really beautiful, optimistic, hopeful energy today that we can work with as we learn about the history of the US, the shadows that have come up over the past 250 years. And finally, Mars is in Capricorn today, and it's forming another harmonious angle to Neptune and Virgo in 1776. So the actions we take today are helping us form the ideals and the foundations that will last long term. Our original ideals and pure intentions with Neptune and Virgo to serve the people of the country are actually going to harmonize with the actions we take today. We can remember the pure intentions that were had by the founding fathers, but we can also take action that's going to align with the future and that's going to create a structure that's more equitable for everyone in the United States as Pluto begins another lap around the sun. Whew. So I hope that was educational. I hope that you learned a little bit more about US history. I think it's really awesome to look through history through the lens of a planetary transit because it shows us generationally and collectively what was going on during these periods of time, what shadows came up, and what we can still heal with this collective consciousness that we now have with this chance to be reborn. This is the rebirth of a nation as Pluto begins another lap around the sun. And we all have the ability with technology, with our awareness to be part of creating a new foundation that serves 
everybody in the United States, that creates freedom and independence and joy for everybody in the United States. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you have any questions or observations as you are watching this video, please comment them below. Let me know what you learned. Let me know if there's another connection you've made just by looking at the Pluto transits going through the eras of US history. I would love to hear your thoughts. And if this video was helpful for you, if you enjoyed this conversation, go ahead and like and subscribe on YouTube. We're trying to get to a thousand subscribers so we can monetize our channel and keep bringing you these conversations for free. We'll be back next week with another episode of The Spiritual Journalist. Thank you so much for joining me in this conversation to be open to receiving all of this new information, to raising your own consciousness. I'm proud of you. I love you. And I can't wait to see you in our next episode. But until then, stay curious. Thank you so much for joining our discussion today. If you enjoyed this episode of The Spiritual Journalist, you can find more on thespiritualjournalist.com or you can listen to our conversations wherever you enjoy podcasts. And if you want to learn more about astrology, join me live every weekday morning on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter for Transits Today, where we break down the energy of the day based on the movement of the planets and start our morning off in a high vibe. All of the information we share on The Spiritual Journalist is completely free to you. So if you'd like to support more content like this, the easiest way to do so is to subscribe to our YouTube page. Head over to The Spiritual Shop on our website and buy yourself a little something. Or if you're feeling extra generous, you can buy me a coffee to fuel future live streams. Just tap the link in the description or head to buymeacoffee.com and search The Spiritual Journalist. I'm so grateful you found us here and I can't wait for our next conversation.